Take a look up at the sky on our side Why? Might as well Might as well Hey y'all, um, it is Trey, and this, this is, is my brother Colin. <laughs> yeah, this is Colin, and then I'm Gavin. We got a guest today. This is our friend Gavin. Uh, Trey, you want to introduce him a little bit? Is yeah. Um, so, long story short, he went to high school with my sister Haley. Um, so, Haley, if you're watching this, you know him. Um, and then when I was in a coma, she had posted something like, uh, praying for you, brother. I don't know. And he had checked in and she had told him about me. And then um, when I got out, he followed me on Instagram and hit me up and was like just a huge support of like, yo, I got huge respect and love for like what you're doing, the message you're preaching. Like, yo, let's tap in, let's link up in person. I'm also in addiction recovery. And uh, yeah, we talked like that for months and maybe lost some contact for a minute. And then coming up on a year, probably about nine months ago, 10 months ago, uh, I think that was January. So that would be 10. Oh, no, that'd be 11 months ago. Yeah, 11 months ago, uh, he had hit me up and actually asked me to go on a podcast of his. So it's really weird how God brought this full circle. Um, regardless, uh, he has been a, an awesome friend to me, and I'm just super excited for you guys to hear his testimony and what God is doing in his life present and what he has done. So, Gavin, if you want to just introduce a little bit of yourself. <laughs> yeah, my name is Gavin, guys. Um, I'm 20 years old. Um, I'm a person in uh, recovery. Um, what that means is, you know, I've not used drugs or alcohol in uh, a little over two years. Um, there you go. Yeah, man. So it's, uh, it's I'm a ble- I'm blessed to be here tonight. Um, thank you guys for Woo! the opportunity. Yeah. I love I love doing stuff like this, man, and just uh, talking and and, and bringing 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 some insight and some love into this world. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad cool. to have you. So uh, we, speaking of addiction, we're just going to be talking on that topic a little bit tonight. We got some prompts and stuff that we wrote down. Uh, we really want to focus in on just like teenage substance abuse and what that looked like for us and just, you know, what it's looking like in the world right now. You actually, you work in a treatment center, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he's working right there, right down in there in the trenches with them. So in the trenches, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're in the midst of it. So yeah, we just want to highlight that, you know, um, you know, break some stigmas around that and just kind of get into that overall. So do we have any ones that we wanted to start with specifically? Boys? Trayton? Uh, sorry, I was just trying to make sure that my screen did not lock. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, I could go down the list, but uh, are there levels to addiction? Uh, or do you think it's all the same? Or substance abuse, I should say. So say more on that. Let me let me hear what you got to say. Like, like is there a difference between okay? Because addiction, substance. I mean, well, we can say addiction, but addiction can come in many forms. You can be addicted to nicotine. You could be addicted to caffeine. You can be addicted to sex. You can be addicted to working out. You can be addicted to substances, drugs. Um, so I guess there's a broad spectrum there. But with substance abuse, is there a difference between the guy who smokes dope or the guy who shoots heroin in his arm or is it all the same does it lead to the same i I think that there's a big stigma behind it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like (laughs) whether whether you identify as an addict or or an alcoholic um you know i I think everyone has gone through similar things Mm -hmm. um whether whether you're a meth a meth user cocaine user 
um, a sex abuser, um, gambling addict. Yeah. A lot of it. A lot of it comes from this. You know, I mean, it's all it's all an addiction. You know, but it all about it's all about how you how you uh, perceive it. You know, because um, I know for myself, I I'm an addict all around. I yeah. ha- I have a di- I'm a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. I, I can get addicted to anything. I can get addicted to you know drugs, money, sex, yeah. uh, pornography. I can't even get addicted to to buying cars. You know, I can get addicted to all these sort of things. You know. I'm like it's like this peripheral, you know, this vision around us, you know, where we put it, we, we we there's one thing that's in front of us, but then we put everything into a, a mindset and perspective of everything around us, you know, and, and like a tunnel it, vision, yeah, yeah, like a tunnel vision, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like we're not, but we're not thinking about it, like oh, like you know, like because I know for myself, you know. I got sober off drugs and alcohol, right? And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I started, I started using this fulfillment for sex, and I'm not realizing that this is leading to another addiction. Yeah. You know. And so, so yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's all, but I think it's all about how you perceive it. Yeah. You know, anyone can be addicted to anything, at, at, in reality, you know. And but it's all about how you perceive it. So you're saying that all of them uh, can be just as detrimental. For sure. To yourself, to your soul. Because sure. I mean, just going through Redemption House, I mean, there's guys who are just there for sex addiction. Mm-hmm. And they're, I've seen marriages ruined. I've seen ga- uh, gambling addicts. Um, there's a nicotine addict in there. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Presently? No, not right oh, now. Oh, okay, okay. There was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Or va- <laughs> I think he's vape. But. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, we kind of went into this a little mm-hmm. bit last week just on cross addictions and yep. it was funny I was watching it in the beginning of it we kind of we touched on one ourselves like me and Trey have been playing ping pong and it's yeah. like we just play now and it's yeah. like we can't stop <laughs> yeah. like no matter what we just keep going yeah. and, and it really is a picture of it because it's like we, you know, we started playing. We realized, oh, we kind of like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't even know why we started playing. I don't know. We, we didn't play for like the first however long. We yeah. Were. But it's just like we latched on real yeah. quick. And now it's just every day. So it's just like things like that, you know, yeah. where it's like yeah. it just keeps, you know, it just I feel like it snowballs. I think that's what you realize is like you, you, you find something that you really like or love. And then, you know, it just keeps snowballing. And kind of like you said, it becomes this tunnel vision that it's like all you can focus on. And like, you just want to either like, depending on the, the addiction, like like for me in ping pong, it's like, I want to be the best at it. Yeah. But like when it was like, when I was, you know, in substance abuse, you know, I want to do the most, yeah. you know? So it's like, you just like, you, I, I can't really put it into words, but like, you just want like as much as it is possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, and you know, and, and to touch based on that, you know, it's like, I'm sure a few of us here have like been like, oh, it's not that big of a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, when you know whether you get sober, like for myself, you know, I got sober off, when I got sober off drugs and alcohol. I know I had a problem with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. But when I got sober off drugs and alcohol, I, I put in perspective of, well, I can just vape. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be a problem. Yeah. Well, I can just have sex with multiple different girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a problem. But when do you start realizing it's a problem? Yeah. When do you start getting to the point where it's like, oh, like this is getting becoming a problem? I actually think I, um, let's see. I think I spoke to that. Um, I do have uh, something going off of that. No, I, think, I didn't. Um, I think that's kind of 
you know, what was the original question? Is there levels to it, basically? Yeah. 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 I think that is kind of a level to it. You know, you start off like, oh, I'm not addicted. But I feel like it's once you accept it and you keep going into it, it really does take it into like a for different sure. level. Yeah. In a sense sure. where it's like, well, I know I'm an addict. So either one, you know, you, you kind of have one or two options to stop, like actually try and stop. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing yeah. my family or, or just addiction. keep going like hard. And I yeah. feel like you, you, you realize you're, you're like addict, getting addicted to something. And then it's kind of like, that's kind of where the, the crossroad is. And like, you know, if you keep going into it, for me, it really took it into a different level when it, I realized I was an addict and yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is who I am. Yeah. So I might as well, you know, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you say that weed is a gateway drug? I'd say anything's a gateway drug. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like, I know kids who, I know, not kids, I know some people in my life, you know, who have never done weed, who yeah. have never tried weed, but yeah. have went straight to the hard drugs. Yeah. I've seen other people who have smoked weed and have never done any other drugs. Yeah. I've seen other people who have just smoked cigarettes, mm-hmm. never done any other drugs. Yeah. I could, I, I, I've seen, you know, people who have gone straight to heroin, you know, because they were prescribed painkillers. Yeah. Yeah, I always hated that term, like, gateway drug. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like at the end of the day, really anything can be a gateway. Like, anything you're addicted to can be a gateway to other addictions. Kind of going back to what we were talking about before, it's like, you know, if I was a, kind of like you said, I was, you know, I stopped doing drugs and then, you know, it changed to sex, which was similar for me. So it's like, in a sense, that was almost my gateway because it was like, I was addicted to something else, but then it was something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like whatever your your vice is, it's really it makes you so much susceptible to like other addictions. Yeah, which I would, that's why I would say anything can be a, a gateway to whatever. You know? Dang, Trey. I apologize. <laughs> I I have do not disturb on, but that was emergency uh, bypass for you. So. Shout out to Apple for that. Nah, but yeah, no, nah, no. I mean, like, most definitely. I mean, and, and there's this big stigma behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear, especially when it comes to teens, you know, I mean, and, and, I, and I hear it a lot, you know, because I work in the field with teens. Yeah. And substance abuse, you know, and and I, and, I, and I see a lot of kids, you know, coming in in treatment, you know, for it. And, I, and I'm not saying that weed is not a problem. Yeah. Because it most definitely can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that, you know, it is it is a drug. I see it as a drug, but I also see it as, you know, like, however you view it, that is your own opinion. I know for myself, though, I cannot smoke weed and live a happy, healthy life. Yeah, exactly. I cannot smoke weed because I know that it, it, in my mind, my mindset with it, I will go to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I've already smoked some weed. Now I'm gonna go drink. Yeah. And from drinking, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna drink no beer. But I'm gonna drink that bottle of Tito's you got in front of me, mm-hmm. or that bottle of vodka you got in front of me. And after I have the first few sips of that, then I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna call up the plug. Yeah. I'm gonna call up my dealer. Hey, what you got for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a bag of Coke? Yeah. You got a bag of meth? You got some fentanyl? You know, whatever it is, you know, it, 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 it transgresses, it transgression, or it's transgress, or progression yeah I don't know why I had that mixed up but, but, it, but it progresses from one thing to another to another and then to the extreme of like uh, it's like a roller coaster yeah mm-hmm. you know and then it goes downhill from yep. there you know and, and, I, and I see that as you know like for me that is a gateway I can't do that mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've uh, in my head I've put in the factors of like well I can manage it. Mm-hmm. I can manage anything. Yeah. 
but that's an addict mindset talking to myself, you know, and, I, and I've seen it in, you know, in the recovery field with teens and substance abuse at the treatment center that I work in. And, and even before that, of other teens that I've known who have gone through addiction mm-hmm. yeah. or substance abuse. Um, I don't have a problem with weed. Well, what were your behaviors on weed? Yeah. yeah. How did you treat other people? That's Why are you here then? Yeah. Oh, I skipped skipping school. Yeah. For what? Why were you skipping school? Go smoke weed. Yeah. You know, so, or, or you know, or other excuses or other people say, you know, like, oh, I got caught with an ounce of school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got pulled over. I was smoking in the car and I got pulled over because my car smelled like weed. Yeah. Um, or, or I got kids be like, oh, my parents found my stash and I was dealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and so, so I put it into, into perspective of like, that could be a problem right there. Yeah. You know, you getting caught at school, that could be a problem. Why are you bringing it to school in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so, so I put it in perspective of that, you know, it's like, anybody could have a problem with it. You know, whether people don't believe it or not, you know, like mm-hmm. I see it may not be a phys- physically addictive, but it's yeah. very emotionally addictive. For real. And, and, and that's yeah. medically proven. Yeah. Is that it's emotionally and mentally addictive. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's just the way that I see it, especially with working. You know, we get a lot of kids coming in uh, in the treatment who are just coming in for weed. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, in my head, I'm thinking like, why are you guys getting sent to weed, sent to treatment for weed? Yeah. Who sends their kid at 14 years old for weed? When no. I was at 14, when I was 14, I was already started up on Xanax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm thinking like, why are you getting sent to treatment? Like we got, we got other drugs out there like fentanyl and stuff like that and meth and coke and everyone's else is doing all these drug per 30s and stuff like that. Like we got bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. But in my head, it's selfish to think. I don't know what that kid's behaviors were. Exactly. You know, and so putting it in perspective of that is, is, well, you never know what he was going through while he smoked weed. Uh-huh. You know, and he, and he could have a problem with it. He probably does have a problem with it or they have a problem with it. So, you know, sometimes you got to put it in perspective of like, yeah, it could be a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Some people could be different, you know. Um, and this is what I've seen. Yes. This is what I've noticed. No, that's real. And I mean, going off of it, because that, that was me, you know, I, the first time I went into treatment, it was four weeks and everybody was like, why are you here, bro? Like you just smoke. Yeah. And I look back on it, like, kind of like you were saying, like, what were my behaviors? And that actually, that was actually really good. You said that because it made me think, um, but yeah, I think it, it really, it was really hard for me in treatment hearing that too. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are like, why are you here? So then I thought like, why am I here? You know, I don't belong here. And then it almost like created like a, well, I don't need this. And then when I got out, I relapsed immediately. And then, you know, I kept going into deeper things and a deeper thing. So, you know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like as good that you realize that. Cause for me, it was really definitely a, a source of like why not I wouldn't say that's why I continued in my addiction but like after the first treatment it was like I heard so much oh you only smoked you're not really an addict so I believe that and then yeah. it progressed after that even worse you know what I mean and it's kind of like this too you know it's like you start believing it there's people start saying it, and then you start believing it like oh yeah I don't have a problem with drugs mm-hmm. alcohol. oh you're here for just weed mm-hmm. well, you ain't got a problem yeah so we start believing these things you know and, and it's and it's all this persona that, yeah. that people put on <laughs> and that we put on ourselves and, and we put this mask on yeah you know and we start believing things that aren't true you know because then we start believing the lies and we start believing or we, we start we start hearing these lies and we start believing these lies 
and a lot of people don't realize how much of an effect that can have on a teenager. Yeah. Oh, you're here for just weed? Mm-hmm. You ain't got a problem, dude. Then we go back to it, and then you never know what could lead from that to doing another thing. Yeah. You know, it just it, it, it pro- progresses from there. Yep. Because all because we started believing that one lie. Then you, yeah, it's easy to lie to yourself. Then you just believe another lie. Yeah. And honestly, that's what addiction is, I feel like, is lying to yourself, you know? And I mean, for much of the time, I was lying to myself so much to, to thinking like, like you said, I, I'm not an addict. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, all these other kids are, you know, doing their perks and whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm not an addict. And then, you know, you just keep lying to yourself. And like you said, it's just like, that really does like create issues down the line. Yeah. Um, should we hit another one? Yeah. Um, why don't you choose one? Why don't you ask me one? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Once an addict, always an addict. What do you think? What do you guys both think? That's a good one. Once an addict, always an addict. I yeah. mean, I believe in, you know, like, yeah, for myself, I'm always going to be a, a, a problem drinker. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be a substance abuser. Mm-hmm. I don't like that word addict. Yeah. I hate that word. I hate when someone, uh, I very much dislike when someone tells me, oh, you're an addict for this yeah. life. Why can't you just use drugs occasionally? Why can't you uh, drink occasionally? Oh, I know I'm an alcoholic. I know I'm an addict. But let's break that stigma. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's a tricky one, yeah. you know, because not a lot of people like to hear that, you know, like once an addict, always an addict. I hate that. Yeah. I don't believe I'm always going to be an addict. I know I, know I have... Tendencies? Tendencies, but I, I know I have an addict mindset. I know I have a... A mindset of a substance abuser that no one else can explain to a normal person who has never done drugs or never struggled with substance abuse. A a, a regular person who has never tried drugs or who has even tried drugs and quit right away can never experience the way that my mind goes through on a daily basis. Yeah. Or how I feel on a daily basis or what it looks like for me when I went through substance Mm -hmm. abuse. No regular person could ever experience that. Who, is, who, who has ever witnessed it or felt it. Mm-hmm. Myself, you know, like my mom, for instance, my mom is not an addict. My mom has mental health, mm-hmm. but my mom will never understand or, or not understand, but she will never fully comprehend. comprehend what it's like to be an addict. Just like my auntie, my auntie uh, is not an addict. My auntie is a, uh, has never gone through addiction. She's seen addiction through my, me and my, my biological father and some other family friends and family, you know? She struggles with accepting that I'm an addict. Yeah. She struggles with accepting that I can never use drugs or drink ever again. And, and she she puts on the forefront of like, well, why do you need alcoholics anonymous? Why do you need narcotics anonymous? Why do you need to go to treatment? Why do you need to go to uh, a sober house? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to do all these things to get sober? Why can't you just do it without it? Yeah. Because I, my, my, my head, I have this, we, we all, you know, whoever is in, whoever struggles with substance abuse, you know, who can't manage addiction or who can't manage their drug use, we have this thing called mental, a mental obsession. Mm-hmm. I can't just, I can't, I can't, I can't just sit in my bed 
and be like and 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 try a bunch of coke mm-hmm. and do a bunch of coke and and uh, move on from it and be like oh yeah i don't need another hit i'm good for the rest of you know i'm done no i, I would do one line two lines and i'll sit in my bed and be like okay where the heck do i get my next bag yeah and i start and i start processing and i, and I start thinking about where what i'm gonna do how i'm gonna get it where i'm gonna get it how am i gonna get the money for it who's gonna sell it to me what city am i gonna go to and and all these things start comprehending in my head and it's just start spinning and spinning what person what regular person has ever thought like that because mm-hmm. i start I have, I have this mental obsession uh, yeah. i i will yeah I'll always be an addict but i, I am an ex-addict mm-hmm. i'm a now a functioning member of society yep we are all functioning members of society who have done wrongs, mm-hmm. but we have admitted what we have gone through, and we are now transgressing or progressing. Yeah, I keep saying <laughs> transgressing. Boy, boy's reading his Bible. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? But but we are now progressing into a, a, a world where there's a lot of hate, where there's a lot of brokenness, where there's a lot of hurt. Sure. We are healing as an individual mm-hmm. to become a better us. Yeah. than what we were before when we were in active substance abuse and active addiction. Now, to that, one question that just popped in my head is, the, is are you doing that or is uh, power bigger than you, Jesus? Oh, power greater than myself, yeah. who I call God. Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of... Funny that you bring this up because we just went to a, I took my kids at the treatment center to an AA meeting today. Um, and, and the AA meeting was, uh, the subject, the topic was on um, Step 11 of the Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Step 11 is a... Submitting yourself. What? No, it's Step 11 is a, gosh, let me look it up. It is a Step 11. I should know this, man. <laughs> You're all right. Um, a it's something like it's um yeah it says sought through prayer and meditation to prove improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him or understood god and praying only for knowledge of god's will for us and power to carry that out um to answer that question man yeah it's definitely god without prayer and meditation i wouldn't be here through all the times i've cried out to god throughout all the times i've cried out to jesus you know and and throughout active addiction one thing that I've always told people is, you know, like, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I, I got this opportunity at life to live again. I've harmed people. I've hurt people. I've robbed people. I've stolen from people. I've hurt my siblings. I've put drugs in other people's systems without them knowing what was in it. I've uh, hurt my family. I've lost a lot of friends. I've been hurt. I've been through a lot of trauma. I've been through a lot of abuse. Been through a lot of brokenness, a lot of hurt. But I'm still here. I, I've overdosed, you know, stuff like that. I've dropped out of high school my freshman year. Been through all these treatment centers. I've been through 15 treatment centers, you know, throughout my whole high school experience. I've witnessed a lot of friends die. In my head, I, I asked myself, I'm like, why, why did they never get that opportunity to live? But in my head, I think I can only live up to their name mm-hmm. and only do more for myself for them. And that is why God has kept me here for so long. 
And so I believe in that. I believe that everyone has a destiny in life. I believe everyone has an opportunity to be somebody great. You know, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a therapist, whether you're a cook, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a counselor, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a wrestler, an actor, an actress, a waitress, or entrepreneur, or businessman, or a veterinarian, you know, I believe everyone here is put on this earth for a reason. Yeah. Everyone here has a purpose in life. And I feel like, you know, we we are all born. God puts us in this world for a reason. And we all all are born with a purpose and an opportunity and and uh, a vision for each and every one of us. And throughout life, we uh, we take these steps to find that purpose. We take steps in life to find this destiny destiny of what is my purpose in life. And, you know, I, I know for I feel for a lot of people, you know, who they are looking and searching for them and they give up on it mm-hmm. and they give up on what their purpose is in life. Just like for uh, an alcoholic or a person who, who abuses substances for myself, for instance, how many goals have we had as children? I'm sure you've had a lot of goals as a child. You've had a lot of goals as a child. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to be what you want to be when you were younger. You want to be a police officer. I really did. (laughs) I actually wanted to be an undercover cop. Yeah. What what did you want to be when you were a kid? I wanted to be an architect, bro. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I wanted to go. I wanted to go in the military when I was a kid. So we start taking all these steps as a young kid. We're like, oh my gosh, like this interests me. Mm -hmm. This gets me somewhere. This gets me going. Like, this is what I want to be someday. Mm -hmm. This is where I want to go someday. And we started losing those steps because we either fall in the wrong wrong crowd, the wrong people, the wrong mindset, or the wrong home environment, or wrong friends, or, or um, just, you know, just whatever it is, mindset or, or lifestyle. And we, uh, we, we t- myself, I tended to, uh, I, I threw myself out there because I didn't want to, I, f- I didn't feel loved at home. So I started seeking out all this validation from all these older kids to feel accepted. And then all peer pressure. Then, oh, drugs. Oh, alcohol. Oh, pornography. Oh, sex. Oh, harder drugs. And then I just took steps back and I lost this interest in what my purpose was in life. And then, boom, I'm doing drugs and alcohol and I'm getting sent to treatments and I'm so lost in life that I lost what my purpose was that God sent me to do. And I feel like a lot of people get lost in that mm-hmm. throughout their life. We start taking steps back and losing what our purpose was for in life or what it looked like for us in life because we get so hard on ourselves. I get so hard on myself. What does my future look like? I had all these goals as a kid, but I started losing them all as I started progressing into negative things growing up. Two things to that. Um, first, sorry, but could you just scoop more up to the middle? I feel like we're both kind of looking yeah, back. Oh, I just yeah, want to face yeah, more of the camera. Sure. Sorry. Second, um, I think about that sometimes too. And I think we can get sucked into a thought of like, we are not living God's will. But I think just like you said, God has a plan and a will for our life. And maybe that was for you to go through the things. And, that I, was getting, and I was getting yes. to that. Yeah. So I was actually just about to get into that, you know, like... For myself, you know, like with my purpose, you know, going throughout all these treatment centers and, and substance abuse, you know, and going throughout all these trials and temptations and, and all these hardships, you know, and with what your question was, you know, of 
my my higher power in God, Lord, you know, who I call Jesus and in and, and Christ, you know, I definitely feel like he brought me here today because, you know, my purpose was, I didn't know what my purpose was for a good 10 years. So going through all addiction and, and substance abuse and mental health, you know, has brought me to where I'm at throughout all the treatment centers I was at, you know, I, I got sober at 14, mind you, for the first time. And when I got, when I, you know, I've been through, so I've been sober, I've gone through, you know, blah, 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 so-and-so, 15 treatment centers and institutions and mental health facilities, you know, all that sort of stuff. But as, as I started, you know, towards getting older, you know, about when I turned 17, 18, I started finding this passion. I, I want to make a change. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to inspire all these boys, all, all these boys and or young men and, and women, you know, and I didn't know what that looked like mm-hmm. until I got sober um, this last time, you know, and it was about uh, almost about a year and a half ago is when I, or about a year, a year, yeah, about a year and a half ago is when I really found like, I really want to work with teens and addiction. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to make a change. Um, and, and I started working at Minnesota Dawn Teen Challenge and I started sharing my testimony at high schools and middle schools. And uh, I felt like that was the biggest impact that I could make because you, you see it a lot, you know, in high schools, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol in high schools, um, you know, and, and so that's where I found my purpose um, was by going through every single thing that I've been through in life and implementing it from substance abuse to mental health to abuse to trauma into my testimony, into sharing that to other teens who have gone through either addiction or who have never experienced it or who have ex- witnessed and experienced it by a family member or a sibling or a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way that I want to find that impact and, and make that impact. You know, and that's why I'm so like set on like working with teens and addiction, especially young men, um, because that's the most that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and given that that progression and you don't have to survive anymore. Mm-hmm. You can live. You can live in God's will. You don't have to live in your will anymore. Mm-hmm. You can live life again without drugs and alcohol, or you can live life sober yeah. at a young age. You don't have to go out and party and drink. You don't have to go out and do this and that and get locked up or go to treatment or miss out on your whole entire high school life. You can go to prom. You can have a family. You don't have to live on the streets. You don't have to go to jail. You can have a simplicity of life again. You can have an outlook on life without substances. You know, and that's where my purpose was found. And that's where God is leading me to do, you know, in my testimony. Um, so, yeah, no, you had a question, right? No, I, had, I, I was going to speak to something that Trey said, you know, the will of God. I think so many of us think that it's like, you know, something in particular. Um, but what I, well, honestly, what I've been realizing, you know, we, we worship a sovereign God. You know, he everything that happens is under his will. So, you know. Like you, like you were saying, you know, going through addiction, you know, all these hard things that we went through, it's hard to conceptualize sometimes, but that is in God's will. And like you were saying, you know, he, we all have a purpose, you know, there, I think there's a difference between God's will and a purpose, you know, how do you find that purpose? That's my question. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. What does that look like? I think God's or the purpose is within God's will. 
and how you get there is within God's will. But the purpose is, yeah, that thing that you need to find, you need to find what you want to wake up for every day. You know yeah. what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, like for me, I, I mean, I even struggle right now, you know, what, it, what do you, what is my purpose, you know? And I'm starting to realize it a bit more. I think this podcast has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. I think um, working in ministry these past few months has helped a lot, but it's like, it really is such a hard question to like really realize because like, you know, the thing, and I was trying to tell, or I was talking to Trey about this, you know, you got, you got to love what you do at the end of the day. You don't want to just do something that you hate, you know, and your purpose has to be something that you love or else it's not going to really be your purpose. So I think finding that, I think honestly just comes with life experience, which is hard to say um, because, you know, that takes time, you know, different amounts of time for people, but I really just think it comes with time and ex- experiencing yeah. things. You know what I mean? So let's say there's someone out there that's lost yeah. in life. There's a, there's an individual out there, you know, who stumbles upon the epiphany show. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And and they come across this one podcast that we're doing tonight. And they start hearing that. And then they find that impact on their life, like, oh my gosh. And then it hits them and they're like, mm-hmm. what is my purpose? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that right now, that is the best thing to talk about For and, sure. and, and For to bring sure. upon, you know, because there's so many people out there who are just lost in life of, what do I do? Mm-hmm. They they might be 20 years old, 30 years old, or even 70 years old. Mm-hmm. They never knew what their purpose was. Yeah. Because so many people get so lost up in the moment. Uh, or, or so lost up and mixed up in, in everything around them and not in the moment. Yeah. You know, because with, especially with social media, you know, we get for so sure. caught up in what social media is and how it looks for us. Mm-hmm. Or I need to look like this or I need to look like that or I need to do this or I need to do that, you know. And so I feel like a lot of people just get caught up in losing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so getting back on the topic of drugs and alcohol, though, um, you know, like... For me, you know, I, I, I lost a lot of people in addiction. Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of people, you know, drug overdoses, to suicide, to mental health. I can't even tell you guys the amount of people I've lost because I've lost so many people to drugs. Um, you know, and, and pointing that in the factor of, you know, of where my my uh, my downfall and, and my, my rock bottom looked like for me was I overdosed. Mm-hmm. That's why I got clean. Yeah. I lost my dad back in 2018 to a, mm-hmm. a, a meth-related overdose. Lost a lot of friends and a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters to overdoses and that was my purpose hitting me. Yeah. It was like God is God is telling me like this is not the life that you want to live. Like mm-hmm. snap in the face and and like a smack in the in the head. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the life that you want to live. I have so much more in life for you to bring upon, and I have so much more in life to give you. But I'm going to show you and teach you a lesson. And, 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 and to show you what you are meant to do in life. And I'm gonna scare you. And I'm gonna hit you with the reality. Because this could either be your life or it could be the end of your life. We spoke on discipline last week. Mm-hmm. I think that, that you know, speaks to yeah, it. God you know, disciplines whom he loves. Yeah, you know, so and, and so that hit me. You know, like I was I was I was uh, smoking meth and I was snoring coke, you know, for about a month about a month and a half. Mind you, I've never done coke and meth, you know, before this. Mm-hmm. It's my first time ever trying hard drugs and I always made myself this promise, you know, because I've I've witnessed my, my biological dad and my stepdad and other family members do meth and coke and I always promised myself I would never do it. Mm-hmm. Wrong place at the wrong time. I'm like, fuck it. 
mm-hmm. or screw it. Sorry for You're the fine. language. That's um, passion. You know, and 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 it, and it hit me, and you know, I started doing it, and I lost myself to it. Um, and, and I'm very blessed it that I I'd lost myself for only a month and a half because it could have been a 30 year progression, exactly, or a 10 year progression, mm-hmm. and I could have been homeless or dead. You know, and especially nowadays with fentanyl. Yeah. You know, and, and getting into that, you know, with uh, the fentanyl epidemic. My. You know, that's what I overdosed on. My meth was laced with fentanyl. And, and I always told myself I would never do hard drugs like that because of my dad and family members. And I ended up doing it. But, uh, and I think that's another reason why I have such a big passion to work with teens and addiction because nowadays, you know, back when we were younger, you know, it, it was weed and like Xanax mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. Like Xanax weren't as big, but like they weren't as cut with like fentanyl. Yeah, they cut with fentanyl. Was really pressed like 2016, bro. Yeah, 2016. Like we didn't have fentanyl. Like it was fentanyl was around, but it wasn't as big as it oh. is now. <laughs> These perk thirties and stuff like that are the new is a new weed. For um, real. You know, Keep I've going. seen kids, you know, who have never smoked weed before. But they yeah. went to, like we were talking about the gateway. Mm-hmm. I've seen two kids who have never smoked weed before, but they went straight to fentanyl. Yeah. Because that's where that's where, you know, they, they got offered it and they're like, Oh, this won't do any harm to me. Mm-hmm. And this epidemic on 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 fentanyl is, is is insane, you know, because it's like you can go anywhere, the streets, a friend, family member, you know, wherever you go. And, and a lot of people get this so mixed up that, oh, Perk 30s are, are prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. Not even though. And it's, but it's not. Yeah. Perk 30s aren't even a real thing. Perk 30s aren't even a real real pharmaceutical drug. Yeah, yeah. bro. It is fake. Mm-hmm. It has For fentanyl real. in it. And, and so these kids get this misconception of what Perk 30s are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that, that perk 30s aren't even a real pharmaceutical drug um, because this is that's where that misconception comes in yeah. from other people um, you know and, and it's killing a lot of people these perk 30s are killing kids day by day you know we're losing thousands and thousands of people a week to uh, fentanyl especially young adults young young men and women uh, teens you know and I, I've lost, I lost a friend who was 13 years old to fentanyl overdose she was 13 man like how does it get to that point where young young individuals who are, aren't even into like life yet experiencing overdoses already and and I think that's where all these like normals norms are coming out like oh this is just normal this is normal to use fentanyl and it's scary you know, and, and that's what I thought for so long while I was, you know, in, a, in substance abuse and addiction, like, it's normal. Mm-hmm. I grew up with addiction, you know, playing a part into that is like, I grew up with addiction. My parents were addicts. Mm-hmm. My mom struggled with mental health. My uncle struggled with addiction. My whole family on my dad's side struggled with addiction. So how was I supposed to live life to be a normal person in a way? Yeah. If that's all I knew. And then on top of it, you know, I, I, I've always told myself as a young kid that I would never do it. Yeah. But then growing up, you know, I experienced a lot of trauma, abuse and stuff like that, that, you know, it was like, oh, like this numbs the pain. This numbs everything in me, you know, like now I, I, I as I experienced, you know, harder drugs growing up, you know, and, and throughout active addiction, I, I realized like, damn. Now I wonder why my dad got so a hold of like, or now I wonder why the drugs got a hold of my dad so much. Mm-hmm. Now I understand why, how they're so powerful mm-hmm. and what they do to you and where it can lead you. Yeah, You know, it, it's a life or death situation for a lot of people, um, especially the teen fentanyl epidemic, man. Um, and, and a lot of kids don't understand how scary it can be. 
or an, or how scary it is. I have a question relating to that. Um, I don't think it's on the prompts, but just just relating to that, how much do you of that do you think is quite honestly rap culture? Oh, for uh, sure. I was gonna say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because sure. I think about like how much they rap about perks and all that kind Makes of stuff, bro. So and then I, I mean, for me, it was like, like, for instance, Juice World, man. Yeah, you know, and and for me, it was like I, I that's the re- that's t- part of the reason I wanted to do so many drugs, you know, or not, not even wanted to. I just like, I think, I think that's where the norm comes from because like. Rap culture is a big thing, man. Yeah, and addiction. And I think, I think, I mean, even bigger than addiction. I think gun violence and gang violence, all that stuff. I, man, I, I'm, I love rap, so I'm not like sitting here like hating on rap. No. But I think that it's just like it's creating this this norm this for, persona uh-huh and, this and mask. Like, like you know people like it's hard to say but like people are dying it just becomes normal now you know you, yeah. you heard like take off that the other day and i remember i remember there was a moment where i was like oh another rapper and then i was like he died bro he's not alive anymore and then i think about like like overdoses like it's it's almost becoming normal because of like in the rap culture it is normal for and sure. i think it's like manifesting into our overall culture which i think is just i don't even know where to go from there but it's like it's definitely a huge issue and it's sad man it's very it's very sad you know because like we (laughs) we get these misconceptions and these these uh this fake news Mm -hmm. on what it what it implements you know and and how it's implemented in our lives you know like we may not see it as a problem yeah but it's a problem you know, because it's killing a lot of kids. It's getting kids mixed up in things they shouldn't be mixed up in. Mm-hmm. Gang violence, crime, you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I know, like, you know, for instance, like, I have a few fr- I have a few younger friends, you know, who, I, who I've known for my whole life, you know, who have never been involved in gang violence. They grew up in the suburbs, you know. They grew up in a really nice family. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put on this persona of like I'm a gangbanger. Mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with kids who are gangbanging and doing drugs and sniffing perk thirties and and fentanyl and blah 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 blah. Don't cope, robbing people, guns, and it's just uh, this all this fake persona that's brought mm-hmm. upon us, and which hence is why I try to stay away from listening to rap music. Mm-hmm. For me, I li- I love listening to rap Christian rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know because I love listening to worship, talking about God in music that I of rap because I mm-hmm. love rap. Any yeah. Everyone loves rap our, our age, you know, but how, but it's all negative. Mm-hmm. Where do you start finding? I mean, some, some rap artists are bring positive music, but where do you end that? Where do you start bringing the positive into this world mm-hmm. instead of the negative? Because I feel like this world is filled with a lot of hate, a lot of hurt. So a lot, like we were just talking about earlier, a lot of yeah, hate it's a fallen and negative, you know, and, and I believe that, you know, there's a lot of sick. Th- there's a lot of sickness in this world. So when are we gonna start bringing healthy, positive in this world? Take a look up at the sky on our side. Why? Might as well. 